You know, week after week, um, we, we come here together and we study and we preach about God in our lives. We talk about the relationship that we need to have with God. We talk about the many things that God does in, in this world and in our own lives. We talk about the things that God desires of us. But how often do we get together and just look at God? Just look at God. Don't, don't prove his existence. Just consider the fact of our almighty God. Now, in part, this message has kind of moved uh, because of what has been done over in Fellowship Hall. If you've been over there, the, um, the, the gluts have graciously uh, put up beautiful decorations of the names of God, the Hebrew names of God and what they represent. Um, and, and it's probably just a drop in the bucket. The, I think there's about eight of them up there. But they're just beautiful and remind us of, of who God is. And I kind of got thinking about that. And we don't talk about that often. And I know I've, I've done a message or two here or there on that. But that's what I want to do today. I just want to look at God and our God, your God, hopefully. So let's, let's open in a word of prayer and then we'll get right to it. Father, thank you just that we can come here today enjoying so many freedoms, but God, with those freedoms, responsibilities in you. And, and I, just, I just ask that as we open your word today and you reveal yourself to us, Father, that our spirits will be lifted, those who know you as their savior, Father, that, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll just shore up our faith. If any are here today, they don't have that personal relationship with you. Father, that this might be a challenge to them and who you are and what they need to do, Father, to be saved from their sins. So we give this, this, this time to you, Lord. And, and I, I just pray that you will be with me and my thoughts that you've helped to organize, Lord. And that, Father, that that power would come from you. In thy name we pray. Amen. Well, William Shakespeare once immortalized the question when he said, what's in a name? What's in a name? Well, the answer to that question is there's a lot in, the, in a person's name. I mean, remember when, you know, if your parents, if, if, when you were trying to pick out a name for your child... I mean, maybe you made a list of names, you crossed out ones that you didn't like, or maybe ones that, you know, you knew somebody by that name, and, or you didn't have a favorable opinion of that, and you didn't want a name of that, and finally, you, you get down to the end of the list, you know, five, six names, and it's getting closer and closer, and finally, you choose one. And then when that child is born, you, know, you just hold that child, and you, and you whisper its, its name in its ears. A name is important. Names conjure up all sorts of different associations for everyone. For some, just hearing a certain name reminds them of love. Uh, I remember when I was in grade school, I may have shared this before, but there was a young man, his name was Zeke Olson. I hope he doesn't watch this. Um, his name was Zeke Olson. Uh, he got a girlfriend, and I think he was seventh or eighth grade, and her name was Joy, Joy Turner. And she, he wrote her name all over a notebook. Every time, J-O-I, joy, 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 joy. Every line filled up every page, front and back. Two, three notebooks. 
he just wrote the name Joy. Now, there was uh, a young man who needed a hobby, but uh, he can be thankful her name wasn't Esmeralda. Or he'd have gotten that writer's cramp. But the name, just, you know, to, to show his undying love for her, you know, he wrote her name over and over. Um, a person's name, it's, it's very important to us. Matter of fact, in ancient times, we know in, in the Old Testament particularly, it was not unusual for a name to express some sort of a personal characteristic of its bearer or certain characteristics became known by a name because it's associated with them. I mean, we think of Joseph, you know, after his brothers had sold him into slavery, into Egypt, and, and ultimately he had his first son, he calls him Manasseh, means made me forget. And then his second son, Ephraim, uh, meaning fruitful. We have Isaac. His name means laughter and mockery because of you know, his, his mother's reaction, Sarah, when he, she heard at the age of 99 she was pregnant. Uh, then there's Jacob. His name means subplanter because of the way he kind of connived the, the birthright out of his older brother. Abram's name was changed to Abraham. It means the father of a nation. Occasionally, a name was used to signify collective qualities of the one bearing the name. And, and that's particularly true with the biblical names of God. The names of God in our Bible are so important. found a poem by an unknown poet. It says, I know a life that is lost to God, bound down by the things of the earth. But I know a name, a name, a name that can bring that soul new birth. Alfred Tennyson said, I cannot love my Lord and not his name. So when we speak the name of God, it is not to be used lightly. God's name is powerful. It is holy. It is just. It, it, is, it is sacred. It's not to be used flippantly or just kind of generally. Even, even when we're praying, even when we use it within the church and Christians use it, when we speak the name of God, all that stands behind that name. We're supposed to be thinking about that and, and knowing that. And, and so, you know, when something happens and you, you know, say, well, praise the Lord. You better be meaning that. You better be thinking about that, of giving the praise to God about that, not just kind of a filler or something that we, we, we just say, you know, afterwards. You know, someone says something that we just say, praise the Lord. I mean, personally, I can tell you this. I don't like jokes that include God in them. It is, I'm, I'm sure there are some that are fine out there, and boy, it's such a fine line that you're, we're walking when we have, a, a, you know, a, a joke and we've got God in it. I mean, make fun of pastors all you want. We're goobers here, you know. Make fun of, the, you know, church people, whatever. You know, that's a whole different thing. But God, the name of God is supposed to be sacred in our lives. And throughout scripture, we find God using his name in such powerful, powerful ways. And that's why, that's why we, never, we never water down. We never want to water down the name of God. He says in Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 26, he says, Nevertheless, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah, who are living in the land of Egypt. Behold, 
I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord. Never shall my name be invoked again by the mouth of any man of Judah and all the land of Egypt, saying, as the, as the Lord God lives. You see, Israel, he's about to judge Israel, he's about to judge Judah for the idolatry. And so what does he do? God swears by his great name that he will carry out the word. And what is the punishment? The punishment is it's going to be so devastating that his name will no longer be spoken by the people of Judah. And that's what, that's what he says. I mean, he backs it up with his name. When King David... When he was beholding the glory of creation, he declares in Psalm 8.1, he says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who has displayed your splendor above the heavens. You know, everywhere we look, everywhere we look, we see God. I mean, we just came back from Alaska in those majestic mountains. We saw God in that rushing river, the power of it. God, his name is in all of the earth and the beauty of those waterfalls or those you know, glaciers, whatever it might be, everywhere. The name of God is, is beheld. Asaph, it says when he felt the presence of God in Psalm 75, verse one, he says, we give thanks to you, God, to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. Men declare your wondrous works. <clears throat> you ever feel like that? You can just feel the presence of God, that his name is near. You know, of, that Jesus is here with you, that you know, at a very specific moment that he is walking, that he is right there. That's the name of God. When God was promising protection to David, he said in Psalm 21, he says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. God, God was going to be his shield. May that name, he invokes his name. To speak of God's name is to refer to all that God is. Because all that God is is encompassed in his name. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal, that the Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. I mean, his name is used over and over again to make great proclamations, to make uh, determinations, to back up what he is going to do. It is power. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which you might be saved. It is the name of Jesus Christ. It's not a denomination. It is not the name of a church. It is Jesus Christ who stands behind his name. And all he is stands behind it. You know, the, the, when the Bible declares that as many as received him, to them gave he power to them power to become children of God, even to them who believe on his name, when he says that, when they, the Bible is saying that about believing on the name of Jesus, that doesn't mean that there's something inherently magic about the order of Jesus' names and the letters, that they're, you know, the magical, the way they're going to get, they go together. But it is to believe in his name is to believe in all that he has done and who he is and all the power that stands behind it. 
And if a man does not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, he does not believe in the name of Jesus. If a man doesn't believe that, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, then you don't believe in the name of Jesus. If you don't believe that he was resurrected to, to victory, that he rose from the dead, you don't believe in the name of Jesus. We also have this glorious promise in John chapter 14, verse 14. He says, if you ask anything, Christ is speaking here. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, does that mean if we pray for something and just tack on in Jesus' name and put that at the very end of it, that somehow, you know, God's just going to snap his fingers and that request is going to be granted? No, that's not what that means. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray in harmony with God's character and all that who God is and everything that stands behind that name. It doesn't say of anyone who uses my name, but prays in my name, in that character of who he is. Prayer that will glorify God, unselfish, according to the will of God. You know, praying for God's will to be done in this situation. That prayer, in his name, God says, I will do it. He stands behind his name. And so to think or to speak about our God without meaning to include all that stands behind him is to deny his name. Remember the part of the Lord's Prayer? He says, our Father who art in heaven, he says, hallowed be thy name. You know what that means? It means sacred. The name is sacred. You know, the name of God. Then we have the third commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Now, normally, normal interpretations of that says this is talking about cursing. You're not supposed to swear and use God's name when you swear. And certainly, that does encompass it. But that word vainly, you know, to not use the God's name in vain. That word vainly in the Hebrew, it means to use it wrongly. In other words, using his name to misrepresent something or misrepresent his name to something else. And that's what vainly means. So if, if you use his name and, you know, again, it's not everything that his name is standing behind it. That's, that's using his name in vain. When, you, when people deny his existence, you're taking his name in vain. You know, to, to deny his creative power is to take his name in vain. To, die, to deny his holy standards, his moral character, is to take his name in vain. To deny the redemptive work on the cross is to take his name in vain. To deny that he is coming back again, that is to take his name in vain because he is all that stands behind his name. And anything that would make God something that he isn't or change the character of God if we associate it with his name, it is to use God's name in vain. When you use God's name and you misrepresent who he is. God's name is the composite of the whole of his existence, the whole of his character, and what we attribute to his name is important. We don't add things. We don't subtract things. 
God is. He is the, the great I am. And an understanding of the names of God can't help but stir the soul every time we talk about them. That's why I really appreciate what has you know, been done over in the fellowship hall. Because even just if you're standing around visiting and you glance up, you see the name of God and you're reminded of one of the, the, the powerful characteristics of God. Now, I've spoken about this a little bit before, but uh, we know that the English language, when it's translating from Greek or Hebrew into English... Often we don't have as many words as the Greeks did or the, or the Hebrews did to describe things. As a matter of fact, the, the English language is kind of plain. It's very vanilla compared to so many other languages that are out there. Um, the, the Hebrew and the Greek have so many powerful names for God that speak about his character. And again, what's been done over there on the walls, I think there are about eight of them over there. That's just the tip of the uh, bucket. I should have looked up how many different names of God uh, there are in the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, but there are some very common names of God that are used over and over and over again. And we've talked about this before. Um, uh, there's three of them, and I just want to point them out to you because it, they kind of encompass the character of who God is. Um, to identify when these are, you'll just be reading along and it'll say God or it'll say the word Lord. Uh, but your Bible has added a simple key to help identify the characters that, of God that is being expressed there. Um, this is particularly in the Old Testament. Okay, there's three primary uses of God's name. The worst, first one is God, and we can go ahead and put this up here. God equals Elohim. God's capital G, small o, and small d. It means the strong and faithful one. So when you're reading along in your Bible and it talks about God, they're, they're wanting to emphasize the strong and faithful character of God at that moment. When you see G-O-D capitalized or L-O-R-D capitalized, that means Jehovah. And that's probably the, one of the most common ones used. It means the self-existent one. It's where, where he is saying, I am. You know, I am. And then when you read the word Lord, L, you know, small case O-R-D, it means Adonai. It means the sovereign master or, again, the Lord of our life, the king, the ruler of our life. And, and often you'll read some of these bunch together. You'll, you'll read a term saying the Lord, our God, and the Lord will be the self-existent one. And the God will be the strong and faithful one. And the language, that's what they're trying to expect. the characters of God at that moment. And there is no place for God's name to be used in any other manner than, than the power in which stands behind it. Because he is holy. And, and it refers to all that he is. His power, his, his creativeness, everything stands behind the character of the names of God. Now, we asked in the very beginning that question that William Shakespeare put out there, what's in a name? And the answer is everything if the name is God. He alone is strong and faithful. God, what God's mouth has spoken, the word that he's recorded for us, his mighty arm will perform. All that we read in here, this is the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God is all the essence of everything that we have here. And so this morning, we just take a moment to just introduce ourselves to our God. Have we forgotten the God that we serve, who we belong to, whose name we bear? If we say we're Christians, the word means Christ ones. You know, we are a Christian, 
And I'm a representative of his. I'm an ambassador of his. I bear his name. I bear his mark upon me. And when I bear that mark, when I bear that name, it is power. Have we forgotten the strength of who our God is? His might, his all-knowing that he is holy. The God that we serve, the God that has redeemed us, the God that has died for us. He is the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob and the God of Isaac and the God of Joseph and Moses and all of the prophets and all the, you know, Peter and Paul and John and all these that we read of all these great things that happened in the Bible and all the power and might. That's our God. That's the same God who you and I, you know, before we eat, we just bow our head and we speak to him. And we thank him even for the very simplest things. We have access through Jesus Christ to come boldly into the throne room to speak to that God. He's the God of all men who have believed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray today he is your God. That's the God whom you are serving. When his name is spoken, it is all-encompassing. He is the strong and faithful one. He is the self-existent one. He is the sovereign Lord. He is the master of our lives. And we all know those verses we use so often during Christmas, Philippians 2, 8 through 11, it says of his name, it says of Jesus being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. And for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name, the name which is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in earth and on, those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, meaning sovereign master. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the God whom we serve. That's the God who day in and day out, we don't just come on Sunday to worship and and talk about him, but that's the God who's with you as you're driving home, when you're at work, when you're in crisis, when you're in, in times of blessing, whatever it is, that is your God. And he wants to be close to you. And we forget the access that we have to God through his son, Jesus Christ. The freedom that we have to come in the name of Jesus Christ to worship, to pray, to just quietly speak to him in our, in our minds and connect with him. Have we forgotten the power of the God whom we serve? Have we gotten so consumed with ministry and activities and, and the doing of our faith that we have forgotten the very foundation? My friend, we serve an almighty, a holy God. Let's pray. My Father God, I I stand here humbled before you just to remember who you are, to be reminded, Lord. I confess to you that often the cares, the concerns of this world, it just dulls our mind and our eyesight, and we forget who it is who we serve. I thank you for being our Lord. I thank you for being our Savior. I thank you that when we stand on your name, that we stand on solid ground. Bless us, Father. Help us to go away from here. Whatever our circumstances, Lord, you know, I'm sure 
Some people have had great weeks or having a great summer. Others who are really struggling, who are down, frustrated. Father, we need the eyes of our hearts open to you to see who you are and to be reminded of the temporalness of this world that ours is to come locked up in the name of Jesus Christ in whom we serve. Father, I pray for any here that may not yet know you as Lord and Savior. They, they know of you, but that personal relationship may not be there. Father, if there's any that have any question, might this be the day they open their heart to you right now and they just pray and they ask for you to be our Savior, to be our Lord, to forgive us our sins, to come into our life, Father, and to be that, that, that direction, that guidance, that truth. I thank you for the power of the working of your name. Amen.